and welcome to the DJ Force 10 in Conversation podcast, episode 204. My very special guest on today's show is Joe James. He is a co-director of the Radar Festival over here in the UK. Uh, it is due to go ahead on the 30th of July, fingers crossed, in Guildford um, at the uh, Casino Nightclub um, and Players Venue. Um, it's on the 30th and 31st of July, headlined by the awesome Dirty Loops. Uh, you've got Hacken, Intervals, Sleep Token, Kundra, Hacktivist, uh, Humanity's Last Breath, uh, Shokan, and just a whole shit ton more of bands in there. Um, last, uh, the first one they did a couple of years ago, I got to play the after parties, um, and I've kind of known Joe through that, um, and being a local promoter as well in the local area where I live. Uh, in that kind of Guildford, Surrey area. And uh, yeah, uh, it was absolutely fantastic to have him on the show. Uh, we talk about this year's festival. We talk about their plans that went um, went awry last year due to COVID uh, and just how that affects a promoter and things like that. And, and, and um, you know, that sort of perspective because uh, I've had a lot of bands, a lot of bands on the past year and everyone's kind of had a different kind of like perspective on this and everything. But no, it was great to get Joe's on it. Um, but yeah, um, obviously go to Radar festival.co.uk for future updates and everything uh join their facebook page buy some tickets uh they got merch as well um but if you love your kind of like progressive metal um gen or whatever you want to call it uh that kind of like run of music uh this is the festival for you last year uh, last time i was there it was animals as leaders were headlining um i've had shattered skies on the show since then Uh, i had siamese a few weeks ago as well uh they're playing this year's festival and uh yeah a whole bunch more and it's just absolutely just a fantastic event um and it, it needs backing like with all these events it just needs backing uh, but it's great to get you on the show um apart from that thank you for everyone that's been downloading i know uh there should be a whole bunch of new listeners by my statistics so hello everybody uh if you've stuck around after the past few weeks of podcasts um i'd like to thank you for joining me joining my guests please go back listen to um some of the other episodes if you've missed them support those unsigned bands that i've had on here um, um, but also I've got a hell of a lineup coming up for um, the end of May and then into June. I'm all booked through every Friday. I'm going to give you a taste of what's coming up. So next week we've got Punk Rock Factory. Uh, this is a pop punk covers band um, that I discovered online on TikTok. Um, but they, they're they absolutely, they've got some absolutely banging covers and they've got a fantastic new album coming out soon. Uh, go follow them on the socials. They're on all of them. They post regularly and you get updates on their next album. If you're, if you're my age, um, you're going to absolutely love it. Uh, but then going into June, I've got Go Ahead and Die. Uh, I've got actually got um, Igor Amadeus Cavalera on the show, uh, which is son of Max Cavalera. But him um, and Max have done an album together called Go Ahead and Die, or the band's called Go Ahead and Die. Um, and the album's called that as well. Um, but yeah, go obviously check out the singles they've released of that. If you love your sort of raw, hardcore punk rock, awesome stuff uh dino Cazares, fear factory the week after that by the looks of it um i've already done the interview so it's going to be out then they've got a new album out on the 18th of june as well um i've got diamond coming back on the show from tetrarch uh and i've got um dan from uh atreyu uh which is amazing sort of going into that june month um all confirmed dates coming up and everything but that's going to be the fourth of the month i think unless anything else comes in in between but until then this is Joe James, co-director of 
the Radar Festival. Enjoy. So I would like to welcome to my podcast today, I have Joe James. He is one of the directors of Radar Festival. Welcome, Joe. Hi there, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure, man. <laughs> How are you doing today? Yeah, good, good. Uh, I mean, we were just talking off air a second ago, but uh, just uh, just saying that, you know, lockdown hasn't been too bad. A lot of people have had it a lot worse. Uh, boredom is is a problem, but yeah, uh, the world is starting to open back up again now. So yes, and I'm sure we'll talk about it soon. Get to get to start planning doing this kind of things that I've been doing for many years again. Yes, yeah, no, that's what I mean. That's what you're here for. I mean, you've got you have got a festival booked. You've got dates booked uh, in Guildford uh, for Radio Festival uh, 2021. Unfortunately, 2020 got got postponed as with everything that whole damn year uh, <laughs> and uh and your your festival wasn't um like uh was affected by that obviously and everything is still pointing towards this year it's in july end of july uh 30th and 31st for everyone watching um it is still going ahead as far as we know at the moment so buy tickets <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a fantastic lineup you got yet um this year but um First, I want to talk about the first one you did um, uh, in Guildford, obviously. Uh, you had it at the casino um, venue. Um, it's a nightclub. Let's call it the venue. Um, and uh, so a venue that I know very well, uh, just purely from DJing there over the years when it was Harper's, um, when it was, uh, oh God, whatever the other. It's gone through many name changes over the years. Um, yeah. But most recently, I've been DJing Schism which is the club night I've been doing for the last almost 20 years, minus five when I moved over to America. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so like that that night was great. I mean, I, I, obviously I was fortunate, fortunate enough to be there and uh, you had animals as leaders. Um, you had, uh, trying to remember the other acts. Give me some of the other acts you had. And I'll- <laughs> uh year one uh so the headliners yeah were animals as leaders and monuments um had heart of a coward we had a band that i really love i mean it's really hard talking about this because i love pretty much all the bands that play i think you'd be hard pushed to find one that i don't like because we we (laughs) book music we like uh but it's like trying to pick your favorite child uh but one of the bands that i really loved and i'd always wanted to put on for many many years was agent fresco who are like a really beautiful icelandic band that just the music's wonderful mm. like check out agent fresco yes they're wonderful yeah yeah and i've I've had a couple of the bands on my show over the past like couple of years um back like uh i was trying to think who i've had now i should have written these down and i haven't um so i'll go back through my list in a minute but um like having some of these like like it opened me up to a lot of these bands now a lot of them i did know i knew monuments i knew um heart of coward i knew animals as leaders um and there was was it chroma do you have chroma playing no 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 chroma um actually just pulled up the poster so awesome. <laughs> uh, Monument's Heart of a Coward. We yep. we did we had a secret act which was Black Futures, who are local yes, local to yeah. Guildford. Uh, they've just changed their name to Never Not Nothing because yep, they, they felt that 
uh, it wasn't right to have that name when the whole BLM movement was going on. So yeah. fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, local boys Polar, Loathe, who on, for their position on the bill, they should be much higher now because they have exploded since uh, they played the last show just before the first lockdown and they've just, they're huge now. If you look at their plays on um, Spotify and everything, they're just going up, up and up. They're a brilliant band. Nice. Um, Tosca, um, then loads of really cool local bands like Suma, Escher, um unprocessed german bands they've just been getting bigger and bigger yeah um and then the other day we had rollo tomasi who are huge car bomb who are like a, the panic attack version of heavy metal yeah uh, <laughs> uh voller and we're repping their hat right now they've got a really good new single out at the moment which check out um yeah loads of other bands i could just keep listing them um, yeah we're really really proud proud of it um it was kind of the culmination of uh the three of us ash catherine and i who run the festival um it's kind of a culmination of everything we've done and we'd always wanted to do our own festival um so i guess this was very much us on a poster yeah no <laughs> that, people's I, mean, music. You, I mean you were you're active uh you're an active promoter beforehand um putting on like the sort of progressive shows and things like that or progressive metal shows or gents yep. wherever they want to whatever the buzzword was at the time um and you went under the was it it was progressive promotions wasn't it you went under yep. on that front and you had like shows in guildford you held them at the boiler room predominantly uh but also the star as well two fantastic venues in locally for us that Hopefully, once they're back open again, <laughs> um, we'll be frequenting um, a lot more than we were beforehand. Um, and the Star, in fact, is another night that hosts me DJing. So, um, and I've always loved playing there when I was in bands before and everything as well. And it is like, and the Boiler Room, actually, let's not negate that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, both fantastic venues in Guildford. But um, obviously, building like over the years, like being a promoter in that sort of like, environment with the sort of progressive sound that now has kind of I'd, I'd say it's blowing up or has blown up or is you know it is getting more popular especially the modern prog side of things I've had a lot of classic prog bands on here uh and a lot of them have cited some of the new bands as like really really kind of you know um like they they rate them you know on that mm. front. I've had like groups like yes and stuff like the classic prog from back back when um and and now with like the sort of you know bands like tesseract and everything like that sort of blowing up or have blown up uh periphery animals as leaders stuff like that um how have you found that sort of like kind of sticking to that genre um in promoting shows well i think when i first started doing it it was a lot easier because we it was so weird i started doing it because um we were going to put me and my a couple of my friends were going to put on uh, a birthday party for my ex-girlfriend and um then it just got out of hand and it ended up with us booking monuments and uh, i think we paid them more money than they'd ever been paid before uh <laughs> to do it and uh it was great we so we sold out the boiler room and we were just like all right let's do it and ran from there and sort of as the years progressed um nick and rob who who did it with me you know they you know they've got lives and careers and they sort of dip in and out. They're always there for moral support. I've still got a group chat with them where I throw ideas at them all the time. Nice. Um, but uh, with the three of us um, plus sort of a group of our surrounding friends were so into that gent 
sound and there was a gig which i actually missed because i couldn't get out of work which is quite a famous one now at the underworld where it's periphery tesseract and monuments and it's funny to think that those three bands playing together once uh at the underworld are now you know three of the biggest names in, yeah. in the genre and it's kind of exploded you know you get you get a lot of people who are trying to be part of the sound and other people that are progressing it and i think taking it to a wider to come back to your point with the festival we, our definition of what we'd put on is really wide we uh, we sort of loosely say progressive not necessarily prog yeah. so um you know i could see someone like um wolfpeck headlining one day or you know going that bit left field but still having bands like humanity's last breath who i don't know if you check them out are exceedingly heavy (laughs) but i still think of them as progressive because they're pushing the boundaries and i think that's kind of what we 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 want people to to who we're going to put on who are doing interesting things so yeah that that's quite a large catchment area i think yeah no definitely and that i mean that's the best way of being i mean i used to uh, promote back in the day as well um but i was sort of based out in farnham of all places um and is it is it nick maltings and yeah is it nick harmy you're talking about yeah 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 you know nick because you used to live next to him didn't you i i used to work with him that was it yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. um we worked at a video shop back in the day back in farnham when he was yeah and his flat was above it yes yes Yes. yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, because we did graphic design together he was like my best mate at uni yeah and um yeah no it's like like i said well i was sort of i did them like places like the maltings um i put on shows at like um uh the adjunct court stuff like that um and and um also take like sort of co-promoted stuff at like the star and things and i i always wanted to put on like variety bills um you know i found a bunch of very old posters the other day um of the shows that i put on and i had um like bands that now like no longer exist or or went on to be something a bit more special changed their name like a band called floor uh they got a different another member in changed their name to 100 reasons and became 100 reasons um um, it is a better name it's a better name and they had a lot more success under that as well um and i just had colin on the show actually so it was kind of nice to catch up with him um but yeah no just like having that variety of bills like i had a like an electronic act on there like a uh, a sort of new metal band then like a thrash band and and like a band like floor which kind of crossed that post hardcore sort of um uh genre that was coming out at the time um so a bit more sort of on the rock side of things you know heavy but not and and just sort of like having that and i always had that whenever i put shows on it was never sort of the same bands all the way through it was always something different and it it works so much well as a sort of um as a customer as well because um you know you get the variety on yeah that. you don't want to you don't want to pay and watch four identical bands playing one after the other yeah and exactly the same thing when i was in a band as well it was like i always loved playing like gigs that we were in like a heavy metal band but i always loved gigs playing with um like indie bands and stuff just purely because one, yeah, we'll stand out because we're a bit more aggressive. But um, it was just sort of like having that like um, difference, like I, you know, you stick because you're going to stick around and watch. And I would rather be, um, you know, I don't want to hear my band three times. You know what I mean? Like you just say, you don't hear four of the same band. Um, 
Shattered Skies were the ba- band I had on my show that played your first festival to sort of yeah, go. Yeah, they're good guys. Yes, yeah. No, I was, I was trying to think, and I found it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, going on fr- from from that one, that that one, the first one. How do you feel that that went for you? Because obviously, there there are a lot of people there, uh, which was great. It was nice to see that place packed out on both levels. Um, you know, you had me doing the sort of after party stuff with Stiff Biscuit and um, oh, was it Power Nerd? Yeah, Power Nerd the day before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and they both bands fantastic. I mean, I love like the cover band. <laughs> They're great. Um, and Power Nerd were great as well because I found another band that fit into my um, my my radio radio my music radio show because um, it kind of concentrates on the electronic crossover with metal and stuff so um and that was fun um but how how did it go for you guys i mean what was the sort of like you know general sort of fallout from it yeah i mean i think we all felt it went fantastic if you could have um given us the opportunity to do the festival again the next weekend we probably would have uh, <laughs> <laughs> apart from being absolutely exhausted yeah uh, i mean it, it was stressful because you know I've worked for quite a lot of festivals. I, I've worked for lots of venues, worked for lots of other people. Yeah. And I mean, I worked for the Boiler for five years, but, and we did a festival there. I worked for Guildfest, you know, lots of local area stuff, but it's always someone else's reputation. This time it was me and Catherine's and then Ash. So uh, just a bit more background. So Catherine, who runs the lounge bar in um, Alton yep. uh, and I, you know, we've known each other for a long time. We've both been tour managers, both always known each other through the scene. You know, we all know, we know the same people. And I was at Euroblast a year before, which is very much the template we looked to emulate with yes. uh, Radar. And I was sort of saying to my friends, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally do it. I'm going to do a festival. Made my mind up. It's going to do it. And then I thought the one person I would really want to be my business partner was Catherine so I asked Catherine and she was like mad enough to say yes um <laughs> and we started you know the ball rolling and I tell you what coming up with a name for a festival is very hard work very yeah. stressful it's, I guess it's like coming up with a name for a band or something yeah so that was a really long and arduous process um spent quite a lot of money on our identity as well because I figured you know it needs to look good and I mean if you've seen the artwork we wanted it to kind of not look like a metal festival yeah because you know they're always black they're always you know really exaggerated logos and stuff we we wanted it to be quite flowery and we we just had this idea anyway yeah and then we started working with ash who is in um valisa blaze and he's uh worked for some big concert promoters he's a friend of ours uh who we met through khan from harper coward yeah and uh he was doing our marketing for us and we just got on so well that I said to Catherine, I think we should give a third of the company to Ash. <laughs> and he's, he was mad enough to say yes as well. And so a lot of it comes down to Ash because, you know, we just threw money at him and said, sell the festival. And he he did his did his thing. Uh, you know, me and Catherine did bits as well. But um, yeah. we really, uh, you know, I, w- I was sort of worrying about the operations and stuff. And um, Catherine's very much... Uh, the, the financial person telling me off for over promising things financially. <laughs> uh, and then, so it's really good to have Ash on the side to do the marketing. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we came up with this idea um, and yeah, it, it went, it went better than we ever thought it could, to be honest. There yeah. are a few things. I mean, everyone kept saying to us, you know, patting us on the back saying it was really good. And I would say I gave us an eight out of 10. There's always stuff you can do better. 
there were some things we can definitely do better. Um, and it was obviously, you know, the, the pretext to what I'm about to say is a lot worse happened in the world in the, the year yeah. than us not being able to put on our festival. But from our point of view, you know, we were so gutted at not being able to do the next one and postponed. So before everyone knew the extent of COVID and realized, you know, this is actually a really big deal. Yeah. We pushed it back to October. Then obviously October wasn't going to happen. So we pushed it back to July this year. And to be really honest, we're still waiting to see if we can do it because yeah. it's so near to after the end of, well, sorry, the return to normality. <laughs> that, yes. uh, we're unsure. I mean, I, I called it about a year ago. And it's all starting to become apparent now. I, I had a feeling it was going to come down to health passports. And you turn up to my festival and we either have to see a vaccine or you have to have shown you've done a test within 24 hours or you commit to doing one on the door, which you'll buy off the whatever event, which they're about 30 quid each at the moment, yeah. the 15 minute test. So I kind of thought that would be the way. But, the, you know, uh, working in the industry, I'm a tour manager. I run a festival. I've worked for a music venue. It's all, it's just another level of red tape. So, yeah. you know, we just have to test the crew. We have to make sure the bands are tested. It's just one extra thing. And you know, the events industry is so resilient, and there are a thousands of more talented people than me in the event industry. So, if there's a, if there is an industry that can lick it it's the events industry <laughs> yeah no it's um it's what was it i was watching well i was hosting actually um we had this with total rock uh the hashtag i love metal um thing the return to the uk music scene uh which is a movement along with like uh we make events and things like that have kind of yep. popped up over this time um this is a new one this was sort of mainly focused around the sort of metal like seen in the uk um and how things like obviously live streaming and all that kind of stuff has come about but how we're going to get back to shows basically how are we going to return to it and 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 one of the guys said on there if, if they're like well the one thing about this music industry is we are a, a problem solving like industry as as just yeah. like when we're in normal sort of like circumstances that's exactly what you do you know when you've got gigs something goes wrong you've got to creatively kind of like do you know you got to instantly come up with something and most of the time the problem solving it's part of part of what we do um but you're right with the red tape it's just like there's no um i don't know there's no like i mean there is kind of funding there for some of the arts i'm not going to totally sort of like say there wasn't any kind of support because there was in the end there was little bits here and there but it was hard to come by um like and and the lack of insurance and stuff like that which is obviously plighting people like yourself um on this call we had um uh near, um andy farrow who manages um uh sorry paradise lost and um and devlin townsend and we had um emma banks from caa stuff like that so we had some sort of like heavy hitters on there we also had some independents yeah. on there and stuff as well um it might be something you might want to actually like get involved in like just because we're having like these online debates it's set up by mark minette who was um oh uh, I, yeah i saw the the full guest list and yeah i, I just couldn't tune in at the time because of work i know so no, it's fine i wasn't yeah it's fine i was just like it might be something like because we're gonna they're gonna have future events um and and what i would like is someone on there who's a bit younger <laughs> i'm not that young <laughs> i know i know but it was like if there was a there was a certain demographic that was missing from it like which i which i spoke <laughs> to the people about and just said look there's there's a lot of like 
old heads there, which is fine because, you know, they've been in the industry for a long time. They know exactly what needs to come back. You know, but it's mainly things like the crew, you know, people have gone off and, and gotten other jobs and stuff and retrained and maybe don't want to come back to the industry, you know, and ha- they've had to sort of go off and get jobs because, you know, they can't go out to festivals and stuff like that. Um, you know, and like you say, with, with you being, you know, tour manager, um, a promoter and stuff like that, you know, and, it, it, and yes, worse things have happened to other people during this time but the industry has been hit quite severely um on that front and yeah it's going to be a long way back um obviously we're looking at sort of like hopefully getting back to i hate using the normality word but normality um and you know if if things like i don't know if health passports or quick checks or whatever beforehand um will do it then i think it would make people <sighs> I don't know. It's it's a weird one because it's kind of like, you know, there's a selfish part of it. It's like, oh, just have your fucking vaccine or do, do you know, do whatever. But then, you know, it's it is down to people's personal choice. So yeah, it, I mean, I, I'd say you know that there. I know people have concerns about things, and some people have some very strong views on why uh it you know they shouldn't be forced to do anything and i totally agree i think it should be a complete voluntary thing however and you know that there is a you know a tyrannical worry about things like people being tracked through things like vaccine passports but equally i guess the other side of the coin uh there are some countries you have to get vaccinated to go to but equally there are ways around it if you do not have the vaccination for whatever reason whether you can or you don't want to you can still get a 15 minute test on the way into an event yeah. but you have to you have to say yes to things like that and f- for me personally and i actually was saying this uh in a festival group the other day where i just thought why are people kicking off about this we've lost a year plus work yeah no one's been able to go to a gig for a year no one's been able to go to a festival i went to 10 festivals the year before covid you know, this is this is my love. This is what I love doing. And I've just put it mentally to one side and said, okay, this is just what it is. Yep. But if I have another year, because people just won't prove that they don't have COVID, <laughs> that, that is something that would annoy me. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things to be annoyed about in the world. But, you know, that what we're talk- sitting here talking about is something that brings a great deal of joy to people in, in yeah. the country, in the world. You know, that I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but the figure of what it contributes to the UK economy is in the billions. Yep. You know, it, the, the employment that there are some people who just spent all year vocationally working in in festivals and gigs. And this is what they do. And I mean, I know some incredible um, front of house engineers and crew who have been, you know, working. They, they've been working in a warehouse and being I'm I don't know if you could swear on a podcast, but people can treat them like shit. Yeah. And they're just, they're like, I I was touring around Europe last year and now I have this guy just talking to me like I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) You know, and so I would happily say, at the very least, I would happily take a 15 minute test on the door to go and see a band I want to see just so that everyone in that room can have peace of mind. Everyone can be back to work. The bands can play. Because what the other misconception about the music industry is most people in there, you know, the bands, uh, they don't make a lot of money. If they make money from it, they're doing well. If they make a lot of money from it, they're that top small percentage. But, you know, they are doing it for the love and they are also putting their lives at risk as well um, and their loved ones. So, you know, everyone in that room, 
secure bubble. There's been loads of tests in Spain. I don't know if you've been reading up on that. They, mm. they keep doing capacity tests into the thousands now. Yeah. Um, everyone's still wearing a mask. Is what it is. I'll wear a mask. I, I wouldn't... Another bugbear of mine is when you go in the supermarket and you have the hand sanitizer, and I swear I'm the only person that puts it on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, to walk into a gig, I'd happily watch everyone have to hand sanitize, put their mask on, show yeah. their thing, order a test, go in. Yeah. Industry can work. We can listen to music. I want to listen to music live. Yeah. That's a really long-winded way of getting around to that point. No, no, definitely. I mean, it's it's also, you know, I mean, you take opportunities with that as well. Like you can, you know, if you supply masks to people coming in, you can slap the logos on it and stuff like that. You can get that done and it's all part of, you know, the the sort of like you can it can you can use it to your advantage on that front, not to be sort of the marketing man in my head <laughs> which comes out occasionally um but yeah no it's just i i mean i, I i'm 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 halfway vaccinated if that if that makes sense i've had my first jab and and i take a weekly test um just through my work they su- have supplied us with like an opt-in for for testing uh which you have we, to do is it the tonsil and nose one yes oh it's horrible isn't it absolutely yeah horrible um <laughs> but you know they, they they have paid for that for the staff we don't have to do that they've just done it for our own sort of like well-being um and 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 you know we just either send it off from work if we're in the if we're in the actual building or they it actually comes with a postage thing you stick in a priority box and you get the result the next day or the day after um which is you know with the sort of 15 minute test that's good my kids are doing those um they, they've had them supplied from the school and they're doing them mm. twice a week so you know and they they have to report it on the track and trace app depending on what the result was um and and that's that they're sort of getting used to that it's not a great thing to get used to um but i had to demonstrate how to do the test a few times in front of them which they didn't enjoy either. i didn't enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> they didn't enjoy that um but you know i mean i i would happily like take a 15 minute test before going in or flash my covid vaccine card or whatever um and but you know that that that's me that's you as well you know it's 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 sort of what we you know we're passionate about music and we want that to kind of return um because there is like you know we're gonna have you know we we need that kind of like distraction like a, a um something that we we love doing you know away from you know we've we've all completed netflix now we've all completed <laughs> all that stuff and and you know now it's just kind of like it it's it's it it's where we need to work together to get back to it um or at least like get it get something rolling where we can kind of go back to certain things like gigs festivals yeah you know, i mean they're gonna I, other I'm places i'm feeling pretty confident about it i mean i i don't know if you know who mark david is um who runs the music venues trust he has been if anyone needs a knighthood in at the end of this, <laughs> Mark probably <laughs> deserves one because he has been working and all the people at the Music Venues Trust and Alliance um, working so hard to save the venues in crisis who were, you know, with an emergency fund, uh, helping every single venue apply for their um, Arts Council England grants. Yeah. You know, they, they have saved a lot of music venues and, you know, ga- gauging the room, reading all the stuff in the groups and stuff you know there's a lot of very worried people out there because music venues were pretty hand-to-mouth before of this yes they they all struggled um 
we're we're not lucky like Europe where there's a lot of grant money and stuff for touring artists and music venues, cultural anything cultural for some reason they yeah. don't like it here. Um, so you know they worked really really hard to keep all these venues going. Uh, but he he posted this article that really stuck with me, um, and not being able to uh, say the whole thing word for word, that the point was, don't pay attention to the doom scrolling stuff on your phone because everyone's going to be inherently negative about stuff because that's just you know people's reactions. Yeah. Look, follow the data, and the data is great. We have um, had given, I think we're at the time of speaking in the low. 20 million first doses yeah uh, out of 66 million people so you know third of the way there for the first doses um i'm being told 32 there you go 32 oh, okay. first doses <laughs> um uh my girlfriend's over there Sorry. and uh so you know that's really promising considering a couple of months ago portugal had barely done uh 150,000 you know they they are struggling getting yeah. it out in europe so I think England, you maybe see become a bit of a closed shop for the next maybe year and a bit. But from speaking to a lot of people in the industry, I mean, some of the big companies, are, they believe in Q3 and Q4 this year. Um, you know, 2022 is looking like a quite a busy year at yeah. the moment for, yes. for all bands I'm speaking to. Everyone's booking up for work. Yeah. Um, but it's just getting past the summer. And I'm sure we'll have setbacks and everyone will think it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Festival season. I mean, I'm an optimist and I'm really trying not to be an optimist about it. I think I will, at the end of festival season, have been to a couple. Okay. Whether it's my one, I don't know. <laughs> Whether it's, I'm really, I really hope at the end of the summer, I'll be stood at Arc Tangent having, having a beer in my hand watching a band because that's something I really want to do. And the same weekend is Green Man, who I've worked for for seven or eight years. So I usually do a couple of days there, go to Arctandon and go back to a couple more days there. If I can somehow finish the year doing that, the, the, the summer yeah. festivals, I'll be very pleased. Um, but I'm more realistic about Q3, Q4. I think we'll be going to gigs at the end of the year for all the reasons we've talked about up to this yeah. point. Being really, really honest, you know, my festival, we're an indoor festival, we can do it anytime. Um, yeah. So if we do make the call and we're, we're constantly monitoring government advice, listening to our trade body, the Association of Independent Festivals, yep. speaking to every agent we know, speaking to um, anyone we can who, who knows what's going on. <laughs> we still haven't made our mind up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just so close to call at the moment. Yeah. And if I'm really honest... I think it's going to come down to whether or not the insurance thing works out because the government's saying they won't underwrite festival insurance is a big problem industry-wide and being so close to the wire yeah. it could be a problem for us because you never know, you know, is, are people going to want to go to a festival a month after it all allegedly ends? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, this, this is what we debate daily in our festival management chat. Yes, I can imagine. I can imagine it's, uh, it, it's, it must be a real like head scratch. That's why I'm trying to like not ask you, is it going ahead? Because uh, it's like, it's, well, that, that is the most honest answer yeah. I can give you that at the moment it's uh, Schrodinger's festival. It is yes. and it isn't going ahead. Yes. 
They should, yeah, that's a good name for a festival at the moment as well. Um, um, no, that's right. I mean, like, I mean, let's, I mean, let's talk about this year. The lineup you've got, um, like, you know, I, I want to talk as though it's going ahead because because I want to be there. I want to be out of it. It's local as well, so I don't have to travel too far. Um, um, but this year, I mean, you've got some absolutely fantastic bands. I mean, you had Dirty Loops lined up last year as well uh, for their first ever kind of UK uh, performance. Yeah. Um, and they're your sort of like main band on there. We've got bands like Hacktivist, um, who are f- fantastic. You've got Hacken, Intervals, uh, Sleep Token, who are amazing. Um, a, a, a Kundra as well. I'm just looking at the lineup now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I had recently, um, I interviewed, it's not gone out yet, but um, I had um, uh, Monsieur, is it Monsieur? Monsieur from Siamese, uh, the front man from Siamese on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lovely the- guy. Yeah, looking forward to seeing them. I was calling Mirza. I don't know if that's the right way of pronouncing his name, but uh, yeah, that's it, Mirza. Sorry, I, yeah. I wrote it down wrong. I don't know if that's right. He might just be really, really polite when I say his name. He he gave it to me in three different ways. The way I would say it, which was Merva, M-I-V-M-I-R-V-A. Uh, then he gave it in um, Danish, which is uh, which was the Mirza, I think. And then he gave it in his native. Um, I think was he say he was Slovakian originally yeah i think he's from the baltic region yeah but, but and, D- danish yeah, yeah he was like refugee came over and yeah um uh, people would have heard that in the previous podcast um, <laughs> well they would have at this point it hasn't gone out yet um but no absolutely lovely guy and and fantastic bands like again like totally different from a lot of the bands on there uh because they've got kind of like more of the sort of like pop sensibilities about their music oh they've sense. got some hooks man sign oh, totally. yeah and um yeah, great band. yeah their new single's great i love it i like um I, I got it sent to me and i was just like great band then i saw they were playing radar and i was like fantastic get them on and then i wanted to back a festival because at total rock we were kind of gonna do a well do one for di- download which unfortunately is not happening now um our sort of like we had an aim of interviewing every band on the bill if possible between all the djs on there um we did start that um but obviously <laughs> then download sort of uh isn't going ahead and a lot of the bands were like actually no we'll leave it because uh, they might be back next year um but i wanted to pick a first one so i picked yours so i'm trying to get as many of the bands on the bill <laughs> as possible <laughs> thank you on my show uh to talk about themselves obviously and the festival um but yeah no good luck getting sleep token <laughs> yeah no <laughs> the secret identity band yes no i will uh yeah uh yeah let's see how that goes um, <laughs> but i mean a lot of them like uh i obviously through the guys you use for pr um hold tight i get a lot of bands through them um i've had a lot of their bands on the show so hopefully i'm going to work with them and get some some of the guys in that they look after um on that front but no let's let's talk about i mean dirty loops fantastic yeah that was i mean they are pretty much Catherine's favorite band of all time and Mm. she while while at radar she the first one she put in a speculative um uh do you want to do headline next year? And they confirmed while we were watching, I think it was animals as leaders. Um, the three of us were stood together and she got the email confirming dirty loops. And we just started jumping on the spot. Cause we didn't think we'd get them. It was one of those age old, I guess, if you don't ask, you don't get. And we didn't realize that they hadn't, well, I didn't realize that they, Catherine knew this, that they hadn't uh, played the UK. And it actually went, um, 
because she was speaking to the agent and she mentioned that she likes them and she went to Amsterdam to see them and the agent was kind of blown away that she travelled all the way to Amsterdam to see them. And so, so it, it knocked down a few boundaries early on. And yeah, um, yeah so we, we were really stoked about that. And obviously you booked from the top down. Yeah. Um, we didn't secure Haken for quite a long time, so we didn't really have a second. And obviously Sleep Token came in on our rebooking so I think Harper Cowder in that slot. Yeah. But then we moved and they couldn't do it. So we tried to get Sleep Token, got them. So it's, it's kind of weird because we, you know, we've booked this festival a couple of times now. And, it, you know, if July, even if July happens, I do expect to lose a couple of bands because of Brexit making it very difficult now. Mm. Um, and also COVID and, you know, Warband have to quarantine for a couple of weeks. We don't know. So these are all problems we're working out at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard through the grapevine that Reading and Leeds are booking, they're determined to go ahead and they're booking an entire UK festival. Yeah. Um, and I can, as I was alluding to before, I can kind of picture that happening a lot more in the next year. Just, yeah. just booking every every local UK band you can get your hands on. Yeah. Yeah. Bloodstock has started doing that as well. Um, they started to fill their bill with with British bands. Like they had a bunch of American bands drop out, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But then did a like a massive like increase of bands. But they're all from the UK. Yeah, uh, they've still got a couple of like European bands on there. Um, and obviously, still pending. It's like your festival. You've got bands from overseas on there as well, like you said. Um, but you know, are you from from a promoter's point of view? Like, if obviously if it's going ahead. Do you have like if 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 these bands like certain bands cannot make it on the bill? Do you have? Do you already have people lined up? Do you think or not? Do you think? Uh, I mean, like, we we have. Check? Yeah, we've got a long list of bands who uh, we would approach for each slot as okay. and when. I mean, I think it's it's normal for any festival in the run up to their festival to lose one or two bands. I think it yeah. always happens. You're you're always expecting it. Um, it's actually quite interesting because, you know, normally you have people on massive exclusivities or, you know, say, uh, I mean, last year we, we work quite heavily with um, a particular agent who got us because um, he, he books them all. Mm. Uh, he got us animals as leaders and he had quite a lot of our bill, yeah. uh, Liam Atonal. And um, so he, uh, so what, you know, he'd be speaking to us and letting us know. We'd have an idea. We're yeah. going to lose some. We lost intervals just before the last festival, actually, which was really gutting to me because I'd, I'd missed them in London a few times and they were the band I really was looking forward to seeing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was looking forward to them all equally. Like I said, yeah, yeah yes. you like all your kids the same. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was, they were the, and it's really hard to watch bands at your own festival. <laughs> I'd see 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Yeah. Um but they were the ones I was going to make time to see. And it was quite last minute and uh, copped a bit of bit of stick on it online, uh, which I thought was pretty unfair because uh, you can't help it. And you know you know the reasons why the band's cancelled, but you can never say. So you have to be like, yeah, it's really sorry. They can't make it for, the, you know, da, 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 da. Yep. We're going to do this. And, you know, there's always a very polite party line, but you, you, you always find out why. Yeah, uh, but you can't say, and you know, it's it's just one of those things, and and I think that's the thing when people see things through, through you know, Facebook and stuff. Uh, obviously, they're just really disappointed they couldn't watch the band they really wanted to see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's one of the, one of those things. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. I was I was curious because like the way things are at the moment, I, don't, I wouldn't know if you've like already kind of reached out to bands and said, look, if this band cannot do it, we'd like to get you in and and kind of like just have them penciled. Um, so it's it's kind of like a domino effect. So top to bottom, rebook the you find the dates. So what we did for for our rebook is we we found it turned out to be our original dates, but you know we made sure that Haken Dirty Loops. Uh, I don't think we'd booked it into Force and Sleep Tech. We had Pliny at the time, so we we're trying to see if Pliny could do it. Dirty Loops and Haken could. We lost Pliny because um, Pliny decided not to. Uh, just to skip Europe for a year, which turned out to be a really good decision. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so then we go, okay, who can we get who's like Pliny or something? I was like, oh, same agent, intervals. It was a really, really, really long wait. But yeah, we got them often because, you know, we're a small festival. It's so weird talking about we should have done two now, but we're still on one. And uh, we're, you know, we, we have to work around the bigger festivals. So year one, uh, sorry, this is what I was trying to get to before. So yeah. we had animals as leaders and then download, um, book them. I didn't want us to have them. And our and, and Liam, the agent, had to do a lot of very polite work saying, please, can can they do both? They're only a small festival. It's not going to affect you. <laughs> and download were very nice. And less. actually, there were like three or four bands that were on both and they were very kind and uh, didn't flex their very considerable industry weight yes, there. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah with the exclusivities you know you've got a smaller pool of bands now because uh, it's just uk based um mm. so i think we're all going to have to be a bit more uh forgiving because you know you look at the festivals who are similar to you and you're like oh well, i want to get them or they're going to get them and you know i think no no matter who is at these festivals and we all get on very well and we work very hard to get on very well because people always try and pit us against each other because you know it's like samsung and apple people have to have a side when the reality is it's a small industry and we all know each other and we're trying not to piss each other off yeah. uh, exactly. <laughs> so, so i think there's been a bit more conversations now like i've been speaking to other people like okay we're thinking about moving to here um if we do and then they go oh okay yeah, good. Thanks for letting us know. And you know, so we're everyone's trying to give each other breathing space. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm watching TechFest because TechFest's a month before us, and if TechFest can go ahead, then we can go ahead. Yeah. Um, if TechFest don't go ahead, I think you'll pretty quickly see us not go ahead. Uh, and then maybe that will happen to Art Tangent. I don't know. You know, it's because everyone's looking at Glastonbury and everyone's like, "Oh, the industry's doomed. Glastonbury have gone." But Glastonbury's got a three-month build and like a three-thousand-person crew. They yeah. were always going to go. They, I I was surprised that they held on for as long as they did. Yeah. Um, Reading surprises me because yeah. it's a lot of people it surprised yeah. a lot of people, including some of the bands that they announced, according to a report. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pleased is... they're doing it though, because to yeah. have one of the big festivals doing everything to do it, because they've got the resources to set the standard to you know show how it can be done for government to take notice of them and go okay this festival with this turnover and this many people have successfully gotten yeah. a festival um it's a good thing so i really i really hope that i mean i hope every festival goes ahead yeah um, it was one of the things that came out of that the debate we talked about a minute ago uh, at the start of the show um that 
there was one thing that came like it was one thing one guy said and it was it it just like it was towards the end and obviously it was held for that point but um he just said all we need like as an industry is an audience like we'll take care of the rest of the stuff we can do this we can put together the show we can make it safe you know because otherwise you'll get an escalation of of like what was like well still is the rave culture where you know events were put together illegally on land somewhere randomly and you get like you know the hidden ticket or whatever um, i just got a lot in the back in the day yeah 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 um <laughs> but they're looking at like and that that would be technically unsafe because you know there's no guidelines in 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 the way there's no you know obviously it'll be freeing for everyone going there but at the same time it would be a, a breeding ground potentially for more breakouts of covid and lockdown yeah. can happen from that um but no they were just saying they just said look put us in front of an audience put give us an audience let us have that's the one thing we need um uh which like really resonated because i was like yeah that's that is basically it you know we're a problem solving industry let's do it <laughs> yeah i i kind of think it's impossible to put that many people together in one place and you know people that no one is going to i mean maybe they will a little bit more but it's so hard to respect all the distancing and stuff mm-hmm. it just being frank it's super difficult yeah, harder at our kind of events. We're indoors. That's why, again, you know, talking about the health passports and everything. But even outdoors, I've never been to a festival where I've felt like my personal space has been respected the whole time. And I think as the <laughs> the evening progresses and people enjoy themselves a bit more, that's all going to go out the window. So it's all about creating the safest event possible. Yeah, which there are steps which we've. I won't keep going over the same points, yes. but that, that is how to do a safe event and what we should be being encouraged and driven towards. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, but one, we're going to finish up in a minute. If that's all right, I've got a couple of questions left for you on that front, but I think that's a good sort of point to end on there because, you know, it's just sort of, we just need to, you know, we crack want, on. We want to crack on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but what I want to find out for you is what I normally ask, um, uh the, the artists that i have on the show and stuff like that but i'm gonna ask you as a festival as a promoter as a director of your own company um what now i'm gonna slightly adapt it because I've, I've changed it slightly what i want to know are your three albums like the not the top albums but like say you've got your top 10 people always have honorable mentions so outside <laughs> that top 10 so what i want to find out are your three honorable mentions so, you know, you can think of your best, your favorite one, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I want the ones that are just outside that list, the ones that you still have to mention on top of those. Uh, thing is, I like a really diverse cross section of music. Um, okay, this wouldn't make my top 10, but it'd definitely be an honorable mention. The first Slipknot album. I was at the first ever Slipknot gig in uh, the Astoria. That's kicked in the face by DJ Sid. That was a good day. I was like five foot six. I'm six three now. Yeah. I remember him jumping off the PA, foot yeah. landing in my face. I loved it. It's my first ever gig. That was, I, that I remember was, that show. That was it, was, it was fucking insane. Yeah, like, was. I, I've been to the Astoria so many times before that and in, in some pretty hectic pits. Um, but that was the, like, I'm not going to say it's the worst. It was the, it was the most fun, but it was the most like, I'm going to die tonight. kind of of pit um yeah that show was like oh man it's nice to see someone else who's been to that show um but yeah that was absolutely manic because i'd seen like because before that like deftones really kind of like blew the place up corn blew the place up um and and i was fortunate to go to their sort of early shows there as well 
Um, but going to that Slipknot show was just absolutely insane. I've never, I haven't been to a more insane one since. <laughs> and I'd seen Slipknot a fair few times in big arenas and stuff like that. But being in that kind of compact crowd and with the band the way they were as well, being incredibly, yeah. say like DJ said, jumping off that PA and ended up hurting a girl, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> someone got taken away in an ambulance. Um, but it was it was absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, obviously the album's great as well. But um, yeah, that did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it's a fun... I, I can still remember it vividly. I remember being punched in the face in the pit, having never been in a mosh pit, mosh pit before. And then some dude just picked me up by the scruff of my hoodie, like nodded at me. It's like... This is cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wasn't me that punched you, though. I saw I didn't punch you. <laughs> I think it was just flailing fists. So yeah, there was a lot of that. Bad. A lot of that. Um, but yeah, no, that was the great thing about that. Like, that, like it really, it, it's one of those venues that is sorely missed, for one. Just going on yeah. to that venue side. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, guys. And that whole area, <laughs> to be fair, uh, that used to be a haven. Like I, I, I had an album launch for my band at the 100 Club, which was down Denmark Street. And we played the Metro, which was like underneath next door. I went to so many shows at the Astoria and Astoria 2, or Mean Fiddler, as it was known for a little bit. Um, and also the Borderline as well, which is down the road, the Crowbar, which unfortunately is gone as well. Um, fuck that whole area <laughs> that whole area was just amazing um but yeah no like that that, that i mean that show was great i've, I've got the ticket somewhere in here um but yeah See, i'm not it really bothers me i'm not sentimental enough to keep stuff like that i mean if i kept every gig ticket i had i'd have some incredible ones but i they're just going to bin i feel really bad oh, <laughs> <laughs> i just like i i put them away somewhere and then i find them every like three four years oh yeah i should really frame it or do something with them but no they just go back in that box <laughs> yeah there's a tour manager who i i know called marrick he's a german dude he does like um trivium and other bands like that and any given day it's the coolest dude you'll ever meet and uh he he was instagramming because you know, he's had a bit of downtime too. He yep. was framing every tour pass he had, and he had a whole corridor of these like amazing tour passes. It's like, I want to be that dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at and go, I want to be him. <laughs> cool. Um, next album. Uh, I might have to go with. Uh, I'm flicking through Spotify. Um, <laughs> I'm cheating slightly because I can't remember the album's name. Uh, Meshuggah because uh, there's a reason that i'm bad with the names of my sugar stuff yes Coloss yes colossus because i think my sugar are incredible live but um i never really get into their records uh but the only single i've ever really played on repeat is um my dyslexia is going to uh, harm me here De demure <laughs> demure yeah, Demure, because yeah. uh, I love that track, and that, that does really work for me on the record. For some reason, they just don't click for me on the record, but when I watch them live, I'm just transfixed. Maybe it's the light show, I don't know. Uh, but one of my top, top bands live. But, yeah, just records never do it. But that is the only Meshuggah record that I've ever really okay. gotten into. Cool. And your final I one. A, I need a third. It, the the honourable mentions are the hardest. 
Uh, yeah, I, I used to go with three top albums that kind of were pivotal for people. I could do that. I could do that. I could I reel them off. Um, yeah, no, that was the thing. A lot of bands started to just reel them off. And I was like, there's no fun in this question anymore. So... <laughs> I think it would have to be Crystal Castles, their second album. Okay. Because I love Crystal Castles. And it's not quite my genre that I promote. So they'll never get in my top 10. Mm. Uh, but if when asked to describe them, when you describe them as computer game dan- theme dance music with a woman screaming inaudibly over it it's uh i mean that yeah that tends to make people perk up a little bit yeah, yeah certainly. <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm gonna have to check this one out because i've not heard oh, you never heard them okay no, right um best tracks baptism uh and uh where's my crystal castles playlist <laughs> uh plague baptism um best track in my opinion black panther if you want to go a bit weird um then uh air war uh they've got a really good one with um robert smith guesting on it called not in love uh start with intimate intimate that's the best one yeah it's just this like pumping dance track and at one point it's just inaudible white noise and then it goes straight back to, for for you know a few bars and then it goes straight yeah. back into it like doo, doo, doo. so good yeah nice if i, I definitely... could book them and <laughs> also book the cure just oh. so that they do that one song with robert smith together that is my dream and having deftones on the same bill that's kind of like my dream lineup if if i had more money than i knew what to do with i would yeah. put that together yes and 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 <laughs> i would be there probably with hundreds of thousands of other people as well <laughs> yeah. um because Deftones is one of my favourite live bands. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think you can and... see the Deftones tattoo there. Oh yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've got. I, I, like I said, I saw them at the Astoria in like '97, I think it was with Far. Um, and yeah, like I mean, Adrenaline like got me sort of back into metal, if you will, because I was sort of going down an indie path for a little bit. Um, and then for, like, and I saw them in, when I lived in the States, um, I got like tickets for like 20 bucks and <laughs> I saw them twice, actually one with periphery supporting, which was amazing. amazing. Um, and then I saw them supporting incubus, uh, like an amphitheater show. So it was incubus death tones and then death from above, uh, 1979, um, which was a great, like, it was a great bill. Um, but the death tones with periphery was amazing. Cause it was a smaller venue. It was an outdoor venue but it only, it was like a courtyard. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was only $20. <laughs> so I was like, it's insane ticket pricing. I saw like Arctic Monkeys for like $15 and stuff over there, which was, makes me want to go back over there because everything's just so <laughs> um, Trump Trump's gone now, so why not? Yeah, why not? I was like, it's got to get rid of COVID now. <laughs> um, it's still rife in Florida, unfortunately. And that's where I was based. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crazy part of the states um but my last question for you man um i'll let you go because i've kept you long enough on this sunday night um what are your hobbies away from this so when you're not doing promoting or tour managing or anything like that what do you sort of do to i don't know unwind get away from it um or if you have any uh, other hobbies i mean though those are kind of my hobbies as well which is a really weird thing to say like you know in the last and until covid you know i've been to all these wacky crazy places like russia ukraine 
went to yeah. Slovenia. Never ever thought I'd go to Slovenia. Why would I go to Slovenia? <laughs> Slovenia is the most stunning, incredible place I've ever been. Yeah, uh, you know, I got to do it all touring uh, with Heart of a Coward. Um, so, and um, who I, I manage Heart of a Coward as well. Um, and it's weird because I describe myself kind of as a creative, a weird mix of creativity and being organized because they don't always go hand to hand. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was a bit of an artist and then graphic designer as I grew up. Always, I mean, I do the radar stuff. I didn't do the border. I paid a tattoo artist to do that. And nice. I cannot claim that. That is, that is his work and it's wonderful. Yeah. But, you know, I do all, all the graphic <laughs> design around it. Um, I mean, my day job, I work as a social media manager for uh, Performing Arts Academy. Uh, I used to work for the Boiler Room. But, you know, I do all these things because I love them. I, 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 I could never work say in a bank because it pays well and there is nothing wrong with working in a bank as it pays well but for me i'd rather be paid badly <laughs> doing something i love and, in, and enjoy what i'm doing it's like it's a big deal break for me yeah um so i've just always just followed my heart and done what i want to do so you know in the evening much to my girlfriend who sadly is in earshots dismay you know <laughs> i will often be on my computer working on the festival or doing some stuff for heart of a coward yeah. or uh if i'm helping out another band or uh then sometimes i'm playing computer games if i'm really honest yeah. uh i play a lot more computer games than i should admit in in the last year because you know everything's gone a bit quiet got a bit bored yep. of re re uh rebooking things and i think we accepted everything was gone for a while so just settled into getting uh a bit fat because <laughs> I, I had a bit of an accident at the start of lockdown where um i slipped my achilles in a freak oh, accident um and before up to that point my girlfriend was drag i'm gonna say dragging me out because i'm not a natural walker but i did begrudgingly enjoy it on these wonderful walks yes. and you know we were keeping active and everything and then yeah i'd had this freak accident and slipped my achilles came so close to severing it um so I have not done much exercise in the last nine months, but as soon as the gyms open, uh, I'm going to be uh, made to suffer, I think, by my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> Before that, football was my thing. I used to play lot, quite a lot of six side and stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm 36 now. My injuries have just started. As soon as I hit 30, the injuries just kept piling up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, being honest, my my hobbies are doing stuff in the music industry, and if I could just do that for the rest of my life, I'd be pretty happy. I think. Yeah, cool. No, that's awesome. I mean, like I, I put down travel, video games, and football out of that because traveling was something I used to do a lot. Like, um, like being in a band, like touring, I used to love doing that. Like uh, going up around the UK into Europe um just like jumping in a van and 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 just doing what we do and um sort of i was their manager of the band as well so i sort of doubled up as that um which is always a fun job when you're the performer and the manager yeah. <laughs> um, um but, you know, going from there and like DJing's taken me around as well, which has been fantastic. So when I was over in the States and stuff like that, I was DJing and things like that and doing radio and all that. I started this podcast actually over there um, and sort of keeping my sort of creative side into that. But yeah, it's the same sort of thing. And and my day job, I do love doing it because it's helping people. It is working for a corporate, but it is it is sort of customer service based 
and you know they pay me for it which is always the bonus <laughs> um, but you know i've got a support family and stuff like that if i was to yeah, continue yeah. in the music industry because i le- like when i sort of like when the bands kind of dissipated and stuff i ended up being a hired gun for a bit for a few bands and you know that was fine but it wasn't regular enough work and the bands weren't particularly um like big enough to continue touring or afford me <laughs> on that front which makes like me like it sounds like a, a mercenary um but <laughs> oh, no no you shouldn't never be apologetic for, for earning money i mean someone once much wiser than me once said you know as what i just alluded to you, you either do two things in life what you're supposed to do which is you know go and work for a finance broker or something make your millions or do what you want to do yeah but if you do what makes you happy, the money will follow eventually. Yeah. And, you know, am I a millionaire? No. Uh, do I worry about money? No. Uh, you know, I, I, I could. I mean, I <laughs> actually, I got a lesson in how close we are to ruin at the start of the pandemic. I, I went freelance three weeks before oh, uh, the first lockdown. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, then uh, my money went very quickly after that because my work dried up. Obviously, you know, unprecedented situation no one yeah. knew what was going on uh yeah i quit quit my job at the boiler room went freelance in graphic design and i was going to tour more and do do all this other stuff uh and yeah money went and f- thankfully dom who owns the boiler room managed yeah. to uh in accordance with the government's guidelines rehire and furlough me but by that point i had exhausted my uh, uh savings that i had at the time and yeah dom saved me so thanks dom if you're watching um yeah. And then, yeah, then I spent, oh, must be six months on furlough. And I just was so bored because I was so used to being so busy mm. uh, that I went out and got a job. <laughs> and I've been working since. Um, but, you know, I, I just decided it was it was time. I needed to be doing something. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, yeah, I was going to go slightly loopy, I think. I mean, you know, as I said, so many people have had it so much worse. I've been very fortunate in this very bad time. Yeah. I'm very aware of that. Um, I think also, you know, I've seen a lot of friends struggle with their mental health and, yep. I, and myself and a lot of friends have got together and helped friends when they need it. And we're, you know, I think everyone's had each other's backs. But, you know, I've, I've seen people who, a friend of mine was in a really, really, really good job. And he just got made redundant and uh, he's been um, working in a care home, you know, uh, literally wiping people's bums. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, fortunately, uh, he, he managed to get a new job uh, doing what's done, but he he did what he had to do. You know, like he, yeah. he just knew I need to pay my bills. I'm just going to do what it takes. And that's what he could get. And actually fair play to him. He didn't actually want to leave because he got really invested in helping the people there. Um, and, you know, and I'm not putting a, I, I don't want to put a bad spin on, on, on the job. You know, uh, what my point was more is it was a, it's a brutal job, yes, which he had to do just to pay his bills. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've had it easy, uh, but I'm very much looking forward to being able to put on a gig where people who haven't had it, easy you can come and just have a bit of a party <laughs> i think that's what i do at the end of the day yeah no definitely that sounds good um i'm in the same position as you in, in as much as like my work it didn't it i mean it didn't dry up they didn't furlough us either which was great they continued to pay us oh, that's really kind just yeah. working from home um either doing like just keeping each other occupied really because we've got a staff of it's like 120 of us 
So, you know, they could have easily gone furlough, especially with the part-timers and stuff like that. But now they're saying that we'll pay you just attend these meetings online or whatever, like group activities, just to make sure you're okay. Any problems, give us a shout. They were like really good um, on that front. And it's like, I've been saying the same thing. I like, I'm in very fortunate position, the company I'm working for, you know, cause all my sort of other work that I do. So DJing and, and all that kind of stuff gone. And it's been gone, obviously, same as you guys. It's been gone. Um, but I've adapted. I've gone online now. <laughs> um, I mean, I've had this podcast for like seven years now, but like the DJing side of it, I've started doing live streams. So, and it, it you know, it's not, it's not paying as, you know, it's not paying, but it's, it's, it's letting me do what I love um, and stuff like that. And, and like the job that I do, like the work is, that's what's given me the sort mm. of, thing to do that which is great you know um i can't imagine being like in that position where you kind of have to get a job like your friend got you know um obviously you've got people who've got to pay their bills and stuff so it's just sort of yeah and and it's it's more applauding like people like that that will that knuckle down and 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 just sort of they knew they had to do something otherwise you know this could end badly (laughs) you know yeah and i mean i've always i've always felt you know no matter what job i do you should never feel anything's beneath you. You know, I've cleaned my yeah. fair share of toilets, mopped enough, you know, floors, yeah. uh, you know, but uh, I, I very much, that's always, you know, like working at a music venue, which I love working at the venue. Just, you, know, you have to do these things. And I always said to the young people who were working with us, who, who maybe didn't like doing it, you know, this called paying your dues guys. Like you're not going to be doing this forever. Uh, it's just, you know, it shows that you've got, you've got character and also I guess, you know, having made a bit of a decision to go freelance and I, I really wanted to work from home. So I actually got what I asked for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done nothing but work from home for the last year. Uh, but uh, maybe, yeah, maybe shouldn't uh, wish for things too much. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's no. all my fault that at the end of this podcast, we've just discovered it is my fault. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I made the, uh, I, I found a post that aged really badly of mine from one of the last schism nights that we had at the um, at casino in the players lounge. And um, I stupidly took a photo of the dance floor and we're like virus, what virus? And then it popped up in my memories um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I was like, Oh shit, that aged badly. That's yeah. so bad. <laughs> it's like, I was like, it's my fault. It's all, my... but yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, radar festival potentially happening 30th 31st of I, july i think i think it's it's safe to say it's going to happen this year i'm yep. optimistic it'll happen in july yep. if not we are definitely going to do it at some point this year um yeah i mean one, one thing we didn't actually touch on and i know we're just trying to wrap this up is i should give a shout out to casino because yeah um having having said you know there's this template for a festival we always loved which was euroblast and they are an indoor two-stage festival you know um in this uh music venue called essig fabric in cologne and i went to acm's fresher show that my friend khan and andy put on at mm-hmm. casino and i was like wow you can do this in guild i've been looking for this in the uk for yeah. forever nowhere quite ticked every box you know you can't do two stages you don't have dressing room space or 
you know, need space for 20 vans or, you know, all these different requirements. But Casino had it all. Yeah. And I went to, to Ian, uh, Munya and Lucas and I was like, guys, I want to put on a festival. And they all thought I was insane. <laughs> I remember coming in with Catherine for a meeting and they were just like, and, and what? And and another funny thing is because you know they're 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 a nightclub and they they have nightclub uh, mentality with you know look after their audience and I'm saying to Ian mate you don't need that much security they're metalheads they're going to drink loads there will be no trouble and they'll go home so he put on tons of security he didn't listen to me and after the second day I went you didn't need all that security did you no he was paying for it I wasn't paying for it yeah I was like, yeah. I was like that cost you a lot of money didn't it he's like yeah it's like you didn't need it no. You know, next time, no. <laughs> Which is a testament to the type of people that go to things like this. Because I was like, "Look, mate, you might throw three people out." Yeah, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not stupid enough to assume that putting on an event that someone's not going to do something naughty or take something stupid. You know, people, if they're determined to do something like that, they're going to do it. It's about mitigating circumstance. He had medics on. He had security. Yeah. Neither type of people. Neither wasn't going to be any trouble. They actually, the only person I think they threw out, uh, got a bit excited and threw a cup of water in the air and, you know, nightclub mentality. That's like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, and we just went and let him back in because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he didn't do anything nice. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. No, definitely. I mean, they, I, I mean, like I say, we run the rock night there. So it is, and they know that there's very little trouble from yeah. that crowd. Um, it's normally to keep people out rather than kick people out kind of thing. Um but yeah, no, definitely whenever I put on shows, I've never had, like, I've had a couple of security guards, but that's it. Um, unless the show required a barrier um, to which, like, people were going to be, you know, crowd surfing and whatnot, which happened at one show. Um, but the band specifically said, you're going to need a barrier. You're going to need at least three guys across or four guys across the front of the stage. They're like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, they definitely needed that. <laughs> the band knew. It was great. <laughs> the band knew. And they were just like, and then we were just like, okay, we'll do it. Um but yeah, no, it's it's that's a great thing about sort of like metal shows in general is the lack of trouble. I mean, people do get silly drunk, but they don't get. Oh, they love their beer, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's like a but... it's like a non. It's like a drunk that obviously metalers get sort of tarred with a certain brush of aggression. <laughs> um, but when it comes down to it, they're kind of jolly drunks. Yeah, no, I think that, I always think there's an element of self policing. Um, you know, if someone's being a dick, they get told pretty quickly. Uh, you know, the audience is as likely to put out a fire than security. In, in fact, security will just probably exacerbate it. But, mm. um, you know, yeah, I've only actually been to download once, um, but I didn't see a single bit of problem trouble there. I've been to Reading quite a few times, and all you see is trouble <laughs> at Reading. Sorry if anyone from Reading's watching this, but, you know, I... it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is Reading. Um... <laughs> I, I may have been one of those kids, and I may have done some stupid things that I would never admit to on a recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get it down on, uh, yeah, don't get it recorded. Um, but cool. Joe, thank you very much, man. Um, I really appreciate yeah, thank your time. You. Um, I hope everything goes ahead. I'm really hoping because I'm, I'm going to continue to get these bands on uh, and chat about this and, um, you know, do all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but yeah, look, look, looking forward to it <laughs> on that front. Um, and hopefully it goes ahead this year because um, I, I do. I want to see Dirty Loops and I want to see Sleep Token. Me um, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Joe, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, just have me. Have a good evening, man. Yeah, okay.